I got my nails done on Friday and I love the color. I'm obsessed. Like it looks so cute. It's a dark green. It like matches your skin tone perfectly. Oh yes. I love it. But the girl that did it did something wrong because it started to like bubble and now it's like just pulling off. Like it's wait, what? Is it gel? Yeah. I think she must not have let it go long enough. Yeah, I think that I didn't put my hands under long enough because she was really quick. And usually when another guy does my nails, he makes me put it under like two mm-hmm. times like in a three row. Time, yeah. yeah, especially yeah. at the end. Three times, yeah. Yeah, and she did not have me do that. And now now I have to go back and have them fix it. Are you going to say something? I'm just going to ask if they can fix the ones that are like Yo, that's up. great social anxiety practice. I know. I was just... <laughs> I was gonna say, I'm glad you said it. <laughs> I like cannot. I'm like, they're so horrible. I'm like, mm, yeah, I love them. And then I walk out crying. <laughs> yeah, I'll definitely not put, make them feel like it was anything of their doing. I'll just be like, oh yeah, some of my things got messed up. Can you just redo them really quick? <sighs> Hopefully they don't charge you. I, don't I would. Think they will. I would just tell them like, hey, I think that like we didn't put them underneath long enough like all of them because wouldn't aren't the other ones going to start eventually peeling off some of them are fine but you know what's weird the ones that are fine are like my ring finger and my pinky so I wonder if like the way my hands were were in the thing like they were closer to I don't know yeah or she did those first so they had like more time to dry yeah maybe how much you pay particular it was 45 for a fill that's cheap yeah I like I finally know like what makes a big difference in like how they do them Mm -hmm. and my biggest pet peeve or like my biggest thing that I like I guess I should say the biggest thing I like that they do or like not but not everybody does it is when they take like a little paintbrush and go around your cuticle Mm. to like wipe off any of the like stuff that's too close because half like right now my like it's it's like about to peel off because it got too close to the cuticle and I'm just it's very frustrating but if they don't do that I'm like uh how can I tell you that I need you to use the paintbrush Mm -hmm. to go around my I know and like when they don't speak great English well like I think they do but I still with my social anxiety I'm afraid that they're not going to understand what I'm asking Mm -hmm. yeah and oh, like, I, being rude. one of my biggest, like something that I'm so afraid of is being misunderstood for some reason and like having to explain myself over again. I yeah. hate that. Like when I have to repeat what something I said, it's so embarrassing. <laughs> I hate I having to repeat myself. I don't know what that is. Like, I, why is that and it, like I don't know. It almost like makes it worse too, because you're like, you almost like start a sentence and then you stop it and you keep like restarting it about like what yeah. the best way to like re-explain yourself and you're like exactly oh, you're like wait it, if whatever. I said it wrong the first time then I need to like say it differently I guess mm-hmm. this time and then you're like well, how do I say it oh my gosh well speaking of <laughs> I know what I did not when I started this I did not realize that it was going to segue so well into the topic today <laughs> Yeah, so today we're going to be talking all about anxiety and our separate individual journeys with anxiety and just social anxiety, all of the things. Okay, 
Welcome back to So Glad We're Friends. I'm Maggie. I'm Devin. I'm Brittany. (laughs) And thanks for coming back to listen again. Yeah, and thanks so much. Thanks so much for your reviews and for listening. We hit a thousand plays today, so it's very exciting. I want to applaud, apologize for my mic last week. I'm so annoyed. Oh, I think that's actually what we were going to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then we realized it wasn't plugged in all the way, and I plugged it in, but our like my computer still didn't pick up on it, so it just sounded bad the whole time. Yeah. So hopefully that wasn't too annoying for those of you who have already listened. We're trying to learn. I think the quality of the episode made up for the sound. Yeah, that was like the (laughs) most fun episode too. It was really fun. I think it's important. Like even just we're so new at this and it's so hard. Like when you've been doing something for so long, like even just like Instagram or whatever, your job, like you forget that being new at something and like there's like such a process to it and like figuring it out and you're like, Oh, like this is not exactly how it was supposed to go. And like, there's just all sorts of little things that I think we now appreciate it more because like, we're having so much more fun on the podcast now. We're not just like thinking about the volume or like, we can like actually just sit here and enjoy. That's so true. Yeah. And you got to start somewhere. Like when I look back at my old YouTube videos, they are so cringy. Like the audio is horrible. It's just like so boring, not edited well. So I can only imagine how much better our podcast is going to get. I know, but it's so funny, like how much, like, it's just like paralysis, like your anxiety just stops you from doing it. But yes, like everyone says, always just start because just first of all, it's not as bad as you think it is. Like when you're talking about your video stuff and I'm like, okay, they weren't like cringy. They weren't bad, <laughs> like, but they were to you, but that doesn't yeah. mean to everybody. It's cool to be able to see the growth though. Like, yeah, that's also so true. But yeah, you have to start somewhere. Everybody starts somewhere. So we're starting here. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks thanks for being with us. So just deal with it. (laughs) (laughs) We will get better. We're just gonna, we're just gonna put it out there. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So we all like deal with anxiety, but I think all of our anxiety is like different in ways um so do we want to talk about like kind of like when did you first feel anxiety or like our anxiety journeys yeah like were you a kid do you remember I I'm trying to remember like I don't I don't know do we know the difference between being nervous and anxious like is that a big I I don't know like an actual maybe we should look up like the actual definition but I would it's, say maybe it's just the consistency or the amount of times mm. like if you're nervous every single day I have a clear memory of when I was in fourth grade I think and I was going to my first gymnastics competition and I think I remember this because my mom brought attention to it but I was sitting in the back of the car and she kept hearing me go <sighs> like taking deep breaths and she's like are you nervous and that was like I feel like once somebody points it out to you as anxiety that's when it kind of registers in your head as anxiety Uh because I feel like I've been anxious my whole life but I didn't know that's what it was yeah for sure but I do that's that's a vivid memory I have you know like when people like bounce their leg up and down 
Yes. I always do that. (laughs) I always do that. And the same thing, kind of like you were someone's like, are you nervous? Are you like, okay. Are you like feeling okay? I'm like, yeah. Why? Like, what do you mean? Mm-hmm. And I never, ever, ever, I, I think another big thing too, I don't know if you feel like this, like is more of our age group, Devin versus like Maggie, like we did not talk about therapy or like Mm-mm. any sort of mental health growing up like in elementary school middle school even high school even mine wasn't and definitely yeah. not not until like high school probably yeah, yeah. that's why I'm even trying to college, remember though. like we never used the term anxiety in high school that I can think of no, I just never. found the definition different okay it says anxiety is persistent the intensity the intensity may ebb and flow but it never completely goes away So nervousness doesn't prevent you from doing the thing that makes you nervous, but anxiety can prevent you from doing something that you enjoy and make it difficult to focus and go about your day. Okay. Makes sense. Which, yeah, that makes sense because you could be like nervous for a speech, but still like you still go do, go for it. Yeah. 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 I, and I didn't mean to like diminish anything like that you experienced growing up either, Maggie, but like, I feel like I just think it's funny that we're like in different age groups. (laughs) Yeah. But like four, like four years, I feel like is a big difference in terms of like what people started talking about in high school Mm -hmm. versus even like, I think three years difference. Like there's people that, you know, were after I graduated, then people kind of started having conversations about it. But I felt like I did not want something to be wrong with me. Like that was a really, really, really perfectionist. And so having anxiety or like any sort of like mental thing was for me like labeled as like wrong or something was yeah. wrong with you and that you needed help and I like never wanted to like be the person that needed to like ask for help either and so the combination of those two I would like it wasn't until recently that I really identified like what I was feeling as anxiety yeah I wish wow. that we would have been more educated on that as a younger as younger people just because like once you know what it is it's so much easier to deal with yeah one of my best friends and I like both she I think has more anxiety than I do but we grew up really close and like talking about everything under the sun and both of us didn't realize we like had anxiety until older Mm -hmm. and we look we reflect back on it and we're like oh my god like we would have had such different upbringings had we like or like different high school middle school experiences had we like been able to talk about this well that's so crazy that's that's how I feel too like I remember well like first of all I almost got held back in preschool because like really? I wasn't social enough or something like they didn't think I was like I was too shy for preschool but then they didn't help me back and then kindergarten <laughs> yeah that's good I would have been a whole grade younger that's kind of crazy but um they like then in kindergarten I just would like cry and be like I want my mom and I just was never like social and then it started to be like I would get sick all the time like since first grade through high school I would miss 30 plus days of school like a semester even like were you actually like actually ill or like just scared so like that's where looking back I'm like holy shit maybe like I literally wasn't even sick it was all anxiety but like I had physical symptoms like my stomach would hurt so badly I'd throw up I'd get so nervous and then like it would be a thing too like say I missed like Monday and I felt better Wednesday 
like I could have gone to school on Wednesday or Thursday, I would want to stay home the whole week because I felt like if I went back on a Thursday or Friday, like all the other kids would be like ahead of me and I'd be behind and like, just like such weird feelings where I'd literally have to wait until the Monday to like restart with them. So I felt like I was like on the same page, like just so many weird things like that. I, that makes me want to go back and pick apart the definition that you just read. Because mm-hmm. I also think that anxiety is like almost debilitating physical symptoms as well. Whereas nervousness yeah. is just like maybe a, a little bit of a stomach ache or like nervous butterflies, but you can still do it. Whereas anxiety yeah. literally makes you physically ill. Yeah. And yeah. that's especially something I did not know until high school. Like I didn't know that you could get like physical symptoms whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So but yeah, that was quite shocking. <laughs> That is crazy. Um, yeah. But with therapy for me is when my parents got divorced in seventh, when I was in seventh grade, they like made me go to therapy and I, yeah. I don't even know how many times I went, honestly, like it, it's kind of like a blur. I just remember like not wanting to talk to the therapist whatsoever. Like, I really don't think I even told her anything <laughs> whatsoever of how I was feeling. Um, but that's when I got diagnosed with like general anxiety disorder and stuff so um, maybe I told her some things I don't really know you probably told her like just enough for her to like be able to pinpoint it I guess so you've been aware that you suffer with anxiety like when you started high school middle school yeah 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 did it help you once you got the diagnosis or Um, was there like not a lot of support I think there's, really helped yeah, there still wasn't like, I still didn't really know about it. And I only went to a therapist for literally just like a few times. So it wasn't like I had continued like knowledge about anxiety. And then my mom also started going to therapy like herself and she got diagnosed with anxiety and my grandma has anxiety and it's just very in my family. So then I started to like learn more about it. How did your grandma know that she has anxiety? I feel like again, with like the generational piece of it, that's kind of yeah. Like- I don't know. Like if not fully... abnormal, but like very unique. No, you're right. I think it was later in life, like when we were all kind of talking about it and how like it, depression and anxiety, all that's kind of been passed down. Like all the females in my family on my mom's side all kind of have it. But I don't, yeah. that'd be very interesting. I'd want to ask her that. I don't know like fully how she discovered that or like how earlier in her life, how it affected her. That'd be yeah. interesting to know. Depression and anxiety go hand in hand though. And like yeah. depression was more commonly diagnosed, I think, yeah. later or earlier on. Earlier. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Did you guys have like a like a counselor or something? Like when I was in elementary school, I remember this girl would like once a week we had like a class where she would come in and we did like workbooks kind of about like our feelings and stuff where we like it was kind of about mental health but it didn't go in depth at all about anxiety or like this is what anxiety is or anything but like it was helping you process your feelings and stuff which was really cool was that just for specific kids or did was everybody in your class class. doing it yeah yeah I didn't I don't remember having anything like that the only thing I can remember that we ever had was in second grade there was like one little lesson where they came in and told us how to use like, I feel statements. Oh, I didn't learn that till college. (laughs) And that was, (laughs) that was like the extent of our like mental health communication. That is what every kid should be learning. Like that should be, there needs to be more classes like that rather than like 
recapping U.S. history every freaking year, and nobody remembers it anyways. Yeah, like, like forget algebra too. Yeah, <laughs> I think that yeah, yeah that should be because there's guidance counselors in every school, so like it yeah. should just be implemented as we, like mental health. We had like counselors that people could go to, but go to, in, but it in wasn't school like social workers. But yeah, it was just, and again, I think that was a huge thing for me that I was like nothing's wrong with me I don't need to go to that person oh, you know I what I mean never like, <laughs> yeah and that's because the the problem kids had to go to the social yeah, worker yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. counselor and it was like and they were really problematic kids and mm-hmm. I remember one one kid in particular like just knowing a little bit about his background I did not want to be like associate I like I was like I'm so different than this other person like I don't need to do I don't need yeah to do you're like that's not me through. totally as like, far as I know, the counselors at my school were literally only for a- academic counseling. Oh, like, great. I don't think they were like mental health or anything. As far as I knew, it was like, what classes, what, what electives am I going to take next year to like, yeah, get well, into college? Well, isn't crazy? Like if, if you did have a mental health counselor and the fact that you didn't even know because yeah. there mm-hmm. was not, it wasn't like a known resource for you. Yep. Even if it was available. Yeah. I think all the service, like even when they offer it in college and stuff, it's not promoted enough or yeah, it's the same thing of like, well, I'm not the one that needs help. Like I shouldn't be using these services or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like it needs to be still more normalized for just everyone because therapy is so hard to get. It's very inaccessible. Yeah. It sucks. And I even think what was stopping me for the longest time was just finding somebody that I could vibe with and like actually have a conversation with and feel comfortable with. And luckily Joe's cousin is a therapist and I was able to ask her for help and finding somebody to work with. And I was like, this is what I'm looking for. And because she like has a background in it, she's able to kind of like find a few different people that she thought I would fit with. And it was a such a better introduction into therapy than trying to go find somebody on my own. And I know that I would have like 20 different, like, what is it like therapy.com or something where you can like psychology, psychology, that's it. Um, and have a bunch of tabs up and I would never, you know, make the call to contact them. Oh, that's so cool. So how long ago was that? That was a year ago, actually. Oh, I started exciting. Yeah, I think maybe a little over a year ago, but I at least started the process of like, okay, I want to start seeing a therapist more regularly. And Mm -hmm. I'm so glad I did. But it was really, it's kind of funny, like social media truly has had the biggest positive, also negative impact on mental health, but like (laughs) very much positive (laughs) impact on mental health because it's been like showing me like awareness about it more than anything else and that's what yeah. I was lacking so much in that's so true because it's know, all about crazy. who you follow though yeah yes what's crazy. That's true what's crazy is that like when we were in high school we were ashamed or we didn't feel like we needed to be in therapy but now as adults and with social media I am not in therapy and I feel like that's almost I don't want to say that I'm not in therapy because I should be, you know, 
that's so interesting I kind of feel the same not being in therapy right now like and I, I'm trying to go back and stuff but yeah I totally it feels like you're like doing something like wrong yeah, <laughs> or, or like, like you're I'm not, not fully helping yourself right exactly I'm not putting myself first but yeah. even like I remember you shared a post Maggie like when you paused therapy mm-hmm. I don't remember exactly when it was but I didn't even about like, a year ago I saw in part of my thing too is like being successful whatever the hell that definition is and a big part of that is just like kind of continuing and like going through the process and like finishing something Mm -hmm. and you sharing like oh you can take a pause in therapy I was like oh I didn't know that was like a possibility oh that's so interesting they have to because a big piece of it too is like obviously committing to it and Mm -hmm. knowing that it's okay to pause it for a period yeah it's of not time. like a lifelong like, thing yeah and you can switch therapists like you don't yeah. have to stick to the first one you go to at all like that's a big thing because I did stick like the I went to the very first girl that I found out here basically is like the one that I went to for two years or like two and a half years um well and okay can you <laughs> share why you stopped yeah like- wait let me start first why I started <laughs> okay yeah yeah <laughs> Basically, yeah. <laughs> yeah no I had this like um when I still lived in Arizona so this was 2018 2019 I was still getting sick very frequently like the sickness thing has been like a problem my whole life like once a month at least I'd get sick and so I was like still dealing with that and like it'd be real things like I'd be getting pneumonia for like a month so it'd be real like symptoms where I would be confused like is this anxiety is like what is happening mm-hmm. um I thought it was the heat, maybe. <laughs> I still think possibly it's the heat. I don't know. Um, so it was like towards the end of like, but maybe probably like the last semester before I moved. And I just started being like really depressed. Like I just didn't want to like get out of bed ever. I just like was not happy. I like felt extreme social anxiety around like normal people that I would be comfortable with. It like suddenly felt like I was like thinking about all the things I would say before I'd say them just like very uncomfortable in in, like my body and I was having panic attacks like all the time which is I didn't get panic attacks until like the end of high school beginning of college where I was like having like full freakouts um so that was like new and I really didn't like that because like when I was having panic attacks like I really dissociate badly I like like put my nails in my skin and like hurt myself pretty badly when I don't even realize it at the moment Mm because I'm like just zoned out um so it was like but I knew we were moving so I didn't want to get a therapist in Arizona and then be like okay I'm leaving in a few months even though I I probably should have it was probably just like an excuse in my mind of putting it off uh, but I was like okay once I move like then I'm gonna figure it out and like get started and do it Um, so I did that and I searched psychology today, basically, as soon as we moved out here, I found a girl and I really like, liked her, like we vibed and stuff. She's like more, she used to be a pastor. And so she's kind of more Christian based. And I like, didn't know as much how I vibed with that. Like I grew up Christian, but I didn't, I don't know. (laughs) I just wasn't fully like vibing with all her like reasoning for things. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, we went through like my whole history, basically, of my family. Like we did timelines of like my birth to currently, like really went through everything. And mm-hmm. I felt like I worked through so much and like 
got to like a lot of the like base issues of my anxiety and kind of like what it goes back to always. And I felt like I learned a lot of coping mechanisms at the time. Like I learned more just how to deal with it. And then eventually it was kind of like I was going and not really getting much out of it every week. And I was like, okay, I think I need to like take a pause, maybe find somebody else. So now I feel like it's been like a year since then that I haven't been going. And now I feel like ready to find somebody else. And then maybe even like re-go through my family history and be like, I don't know, just like try to find different things about it or like pinpoint ways that I can like correct things. I don't know. I feel like you would find some different, like going back through it with a second set of eyes or just like a different perspective. Now you, now that you know so much about the process, like you'd probably find some interesting things that might even help you more. Yeah. Or like with different methods and stuff. Cause at the end I was doing EMDR therapy and I just didn't really like that whatsoever. It was very uncomfortable. (laughs) Why didn't you like it? Just cause it was hard. Kind of. Yeah. It was like, She'd be like, I don't even know how to explain. Have you ever done EMDR, either of you? I've only heard about it. terrifying to me. (laughs) So it was terrifying to me too. But like, basically they can either like tap you or you can, I did it where you have headphones on and then it like, um, you hold these things and it vibrates in your hands. Like it switches back and forth between your right hand and your left hand, your right hand, your left hand. And somehow that like, I don't know, does brainwave. It does something to your brainwaves. (laughs) I know like it's like kind of freaky so she would like tell me like okay imagine yourself in this situation like when's the first time you felt this way and so it's weird for my anxiety a lot of it goes back to when I was like four I found my first family dog when she died in our backyard like I was the one who found her Mm. and I think like that might be like one of my first memories or something but that's like all I got so she would be like, okay, place yourself there. Like, tell me more how you're feeling. I'd be like, okay. <laughs> like, like I'd describe it, but I'm like, that's kind of all I got. That's all my memory there. And like, I don't know. It's just this kind of uncomfortable because you really have to sit in like silence in your own discomfort. And I'm very horrible at that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like I naturally have like a reel of my life playing in my head. So I almost yeah. feel like that would be too overwhelming because I would remember even more than Uh I already do and (laughs) I don't know are you good at saying out loud like sometimes what I struggle with is like I'll have a thought pop into my mind or something but I feel uncomfortable telling them (laughs) or like saying it out loud even to a therapist so then like I don't and then I probably don't get the full help that I could yeah it was definitely a process over time I I definitely think I am going to look for a new therapist that I can kind of, this was, it was like a perfect introductory therapist, I would say. Like we could, I could, I could tell her things. I could kind of get used to crying, like with a stranger. Oh, that must be so so weird. It's so weird. (laughs) And just talk and like, just getting, it was like such a nice warm introduction to it where I felt comfortable, but I felt like a lot of the things we ended up discussing towards the end were just mm, too like surface level or like the advice mm-hmm. or like the the outcomes were not that helpful like it'd be and I understand it's different like coming from a friend versus like coming from a therapist but it, it was kind of some advice that like my friends would give me 
instead of like I feel what you mean was it more like you were talking about current like day-to-day life rather than like yeah but I and I think I you know kind of intentionally did that because I and again this is where like the whole um introductory to therapy because I was terrified of going to my past in my childhood that was a huge reason I never started therapy because I was like I loved my childhood I had a great childhood and I refused for the longest time to believe like anything that happened in my childhood could impact me today lol I think this is such a common (laughs) that's such a common thought that people have like I think you sharing that like will help so many people so many people feel that way but you don't want to like hurt your parents I think too like you don't want I don't know yeah but there's like I can hold these two different thoughts and these two different things of like a deep appreciation for my childhood and my parents and everything that they did while recognizing that you know there's things that could have been done differently or we could you know there could have just been things that were done differently and would have resulted in a different outcome and acknowledging both of those things and holding both of those things I think takes a lot of practice and time again why I'm really happy I went with like the therapist I did because I think I was able to practice both of those things Mm -hmm. um while still making progress yeah that's so true because literally nobody can parent perfectly or even (laughs) there's not a perfect parent but even if there was then you also can't control all the outside factors of your that's gonna affect your child like yeah there's no way like my parents got divorced when I was five like there's nothing that I would say that they should have done differently or anything you know like yeah, I didn't like switching houses every other day and like an inconsistent schedule, but it's not like they were going to do anything differently. Or like if they were together, like like that probably wouldn't have been better for you either. Mm-hmm. Do you yeah. remember that? Remember what? When they got divorced. When they got divorced, yeah. That's kind of yeah, crazy. Yeah, it was traumatic. Being fine. Yeah, I remember my dad crying all the time and Jeez, my mom had to go so live sad. with her dad and but I didn't really understand. Yeah, it, it's probably the the traumatic thing about being a kid is that you don't understand really. Mm-hmm. So then your little kid brain just like makes it into these big crazy things that affect who you are as a person. Yeah. And I think that's why it's important to go to therapy to like teach your brain that it wasn't as bad as you thought, you know? Yeah. Whoa. Do you think that your parents explained, like tried to explain it at an age appropriate level and stuff? Because I feel like for me, like I was 13 when my parents got divorced, but even then it was like, everyone treated me like I was a baby and I couldn't know any information that my siblings knew or that like everyone was so involved. And I was just on the outside of all of it, even. Mm. And I felt like I was an adult and they're like, you're a baby. You can't know anything. That's frustrating. Yeah, I I mean they what I remember from explanation is like you're going to get to have two different houses and two different They're birthdays, like, two birthday parties, two Christmases and you know they tried to too. make it like a like an yeah. exciting thing but yeah. Dang. Did you go to therapy after they got divorced? Uh my mom took me to a therapist one time, but I don't remember anything about it. I was like 5, so yeah yeah 
that's also the thing though when your parents make you like I remember being like okay literally the therapist can just tell my parents anything I say like it's directly after this appointment they're gonna talk like yeah. what? why should I tell you anything yeah that part's weird yeah that's definitely I think it's so important for people to like make the decision to go themselves mm-hmm. and to like actually want to maybe if you even if you don't really want quote unquote like want to like you at least are making the effort to do it because you can only you know you're the only person who can really like help yourself in those situations and if there's any sort of like forcefulness with it I just don't think it like lasts as long or you don't get as much out of it so true so after your first appointment Britt did you like feel less nervous or like how did your first appointment go so truly was it a person? the reason no it was over video which I really liked oh, okay. I, that's a huge piece of like the puzzle that I think made it a lot easier for me okay that's so, so interesting and the other thing too like I just want to say this like you can go in person you can have like video you can do it like over the phone like just have like a phone call with somebody there's like so many different ways I think that you can do therapy now that is yeah. way more accessible and like comfortable because I think again even video calls for some people are just too too much yes video calls are scarier to me than me too and then in being in person yeah I'd way rather be in person than be on the phone or on a video call that's like some other weird anxiety (laughs) I know like Like how we have anxiety of phone calls and stuff I would definitely rather be in a video or like over the phone than in person I don't know why though I don't know where that, like, why phone anxiety and video anxiety? Like, I'm like that with FaceTime, (laughs) phone calls, Zoom. Like, I wonder what the difference is. Well, you guys would laugh because my first job out of school was literally phone sales, like calling people to never make sales. That is so so you. That is the most (laughs) you thing I've ever heard. (laughs) So that beat like any sort of phone. I mean, I've never really had any phone. I did. I mean, I will take that back. I used to like write out my scripts to call my friend's parents, you know, like my Uh, friend's houses. I would like write out the script. They can hang out. To play. (laughs) Oh my God. I remember those. And Erica go play. Uh, no I literally would have like a whole script it's like hi this is Brittany and I wanted to see if Erica could play today oh my god I would do that too because my friends would always be like my mom's gonna say no and I'd be like you didn't even ask (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah but I think so truly though I I guess I like knew I had anxiety and other things going on but a huge piece of why I started therapy was to really address like two years prior, my parents got divorced, like when I was 25. And so I never processed it for like two years. That is, maybe it's time to start processing it. We all have such different experiences. Like, I feel like that's so, those are probably like three very significant ages of your parents getting divorced, like in completely different ways. You know, what's funny because my parents got divorced when I was five and it was the most normal thing to me. Whenever people would cry about their parents getting divorced at an uh-huh. older age, I would be like, wow, get over it. It's just a divorce. Yeah, I was like, just going to say, Britt, like, I feel like that's almost hardest for you, probably. Yeah, it was, it was really, really hard because I felt I didn't realize like how much of my identity I put in my like family unit. Mm-hmm. And 
when my like family unit got broken apart I was like who the fuck who are we yeah because you probably had like other friends whose parents were divorced and you're like no not my family like yeah whoa that's so crazy yeah Yeah, so I just shoved that I shoved that like thought and feeling feelings down down for two years and I didn't address it Mm -hmm. and I was like that's, that's very do. interesting. I was just talking to my friend Ashley about that today because we were talking about the difference of like knowing when you're just coping with something well versus shoving down your feelings. And that's like very hard for me to know. Like, am I just ignoring yeah. this feeling True. or am I just like coping? Okay. Well, that was also part like with my current coach, she's like mindset and business coach. Mm-hmm. And a huge thing that I recognize that I do is I like was not really allowing myself to feel anything. So I would that like say, too. I will like, I would say like, okay, I'm upset with this or that. And I would just kind of say that. And then I would rationalize and then be like, basically talk myself of getting over it without having any second to actually feel and process and like, just like sit with the emotion for like That's a minute. That's exactly what my therapist says that I do. Like that the discomfort, like I don't allow discomfort mm, yeah. to even happen in my body. <laughs> like I'm like, yeah. no. But then like the thing that's so annoying is that it just keeps coming up over and over and over again uh-huh. until you deal with it. Mm-hmm. And so I've gotten way better. I still ignore a lot of stuff, but like I've gotten way better at acknowledging it, processing it, journaling about it, talking about it, and then figuring out the next step. who has time for that (laughs) you know (laughs) there is so much that's another thing too with therapy is like you get homework and stuff so it is such a commitment (laughs) of like oh fuck I got a journal about this or like they want me to read this book or watch this video or like whatever and you're like okay I don't really have time yeah but that's what I think to be happy yeah but even that like it's so hard to have that as a like a full goal because I think that it's like that's up here versus like your baseline is like normal Mm -hmm. it is learning that like happiness isn't like you can't have happiness necessarily without having downs also being a business owner and uh this is kind of cringy but an entertainer which we are it's like you want to be on your a game best mood best energy 24 7 and when I'm not, I get so mad at myself. Like I, I have a hard time allowing myself to feel bad or be anxious or depressed or whatever, because I just want to be happy all the time. Yeah. Do you think, Devin, do you think that like bigger creators sharing, like Elise Meyer sharing like her experience with it, like anxiety, depression, like and her mental health, like helps you feel more like okay with having those moments or do you still have uh, I, a lot I'm of okay like I'm okay with having them like I yeah. accept that I have them the thing is I just don't have time for them like yeah. I don't want to deal with them because I need to yeah. keep going I need to keep creating I need to keep and I want to keep being happy yeah so, like I'm not ashamed of it or anything I you get, just don't like, like it's, it's nice it's... to relate to people and stuff but yeah but it doesn't help the fact that you like have trouble creating content during those times or like, like you no. can't show up the same way. I guess it's nice when I hear from my favorite creators, like I had to take a week off because I just didn't feel 
good or whatever they didn't feel or felt like mm-hmm. that's good to know because from the outside looking in it seems like everybody's always on their a game and so I need to start accepting that like we're not always at the top of our mood and energy like level. it seems like for them when they're when they're saying that they're not doing well and stuff they're still putting out great content and still doing it so you're like yeah yeah gotcha. or or they that's how I feel about too. you that's really how I feel about you like you're still able to do it while yeah. you're not doing too hot uh, last week I I was about to start my period so I was just like had no energy and my freaking follower count started going down again on TikTok because I wasn't posting three times a day every day on TikTok that's yeah interesting. yeah so that's when it gets discouraging yeah, but that's like kind of crazy. Like, because I wasn't posting three times a day. Like, that's I know. A lot. Like, I still posted every day, but yeah, I didn't post like any content that brought in new followers, I guess. Yeah. But like, you don't need to be doing that every day. Yeah. But like, right now, I'm trying to grow my TikTok. I've, and I'll say this now, like once I get to a million followers, then I'll be happy or whatever. But I just am trying to get to that point where I have like the um, cult following, you know, not really a cult following, but you know, that those, yeah. that big group of people who yeah care, even if I'm just like, this is my outfit. Yeah. You know, like, oh, I saw someone comment on your TikTok. I think it was on TikTok. I don't know. But they were like, I love how you've shown more of yourself. Oh I yeah, I love was. when I was like, like oh, I just appreciate so when people say that stuff. But yeah, yeah, there are there are enough of those people out there that support me. But you know, I just want more. No, because like you're saying that like you, it, it feels good to you when other creators say they take a break. Mm-hmm. So what if you took a break? Is that what you feel like you can't do? Yeah, not yet. Not until do you feel I... like you would get like you would be feel better mentally if you took a week break where you'd feel like you could come back See, way better. Like, it's like this is another I I kind of want to talk about all the different forms of anxiety that we all experience. Yeah, but like we all as business people have that anxiety where you can't take a break, you can't take time off. Like when you're mm-hmm. traveling, I hear a lot of creators talk about what would this that and be stuff, called? Like, I don't know. Like, it's just like your productivity kind of, uh, I don't know what that is. I definitely have it. <laughs> but yeah, you, you want to take a break, but it doesn't feel as good as you would think because you're just anxious about getting back to work or like getting the stuff done that you need to get done or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think that like Maggie, I think that you like kind of started a trend in some ways where I see a lot of people Ooh, doing this you. now of like, you take the weekend off and then you do like a weekend recap. And so it's just yeah, like standard. I love, you take I love watching off. your weekend recaps too. And Thanks. like people, I'm sure like maybe at first you saw a dip in engagement, but like over time, people no, probably know, but like maybe like views or something initially, but then like, I'm sure your views on Monday skyrocket because my views are so always high on Monday. And honestly, like I've done the weekend thing like for a long time now like yeah it's been over a year probably right yeah probably like even two years I've done that like I used to do posts instead of like a weekend recap in my stories I would do a post of it um but I've never really posted on weekends and I felt a huge thing of like yeah posts do better on the weekends or like well like I need to be posting something on Saturday or Sunday or something but like 
yeah I I kind of just like let go of that in my brain and it's been like freaking life-changing because I just have so much more energy during the week to like yeah make the content and then it does well like it's I I don't think there's actually a thing of like I'm missing out on the weekends necessarily yeah yeah or you could be like me and post like 10 times in a month (laughs) (laughs) but the thing that like I've I feel like for me and this is like something I really had to work at is like I'm still going to grow. I'm still going to make money. I'm still going to have an impact whether I post or don't post. Mm -hmm. And like, I still like over the last month, I still grew like over a thousand followers on working dog mama, like without yeah, that's great. Posting like because you're still working, you're just not posting. That's the thing. You're still growing your business. You're still doing other things. Like it's not like you're just doing nothing. Yeah. So, and I guess I've like just practiced like for myself, like acknowledging different seasons of life mm-hmm. and knowing that like, now that I'm full time, I have Ooh. the capacity to like do more, but like for the last two months, three months, it's been so hard to like be super consistent and do my job and mm-hmm. everything else. Yeah. I'm trying to get it in my brain that, um, breaks are productive. Yeah, they are. But I do be loving your weekend content, not gonna lie. <laughs> I know. I love your Sunday videos and like when you clean or anything. Oh yeah. I know. So like my thing is I kind of I take breaks every single day and work a little bit every single day because I also mm-hmm. love creating content. I love getting up and like making a Sunday video or whatever. <laughs> it's your ring light. My fell. ring light just fell. My ring light just said, no, girl, you need to take a day off. (laughs) But could you make the content but not post it? Like, what is the taking your energy out? Because, like, for me, I feel like it's the actual being on social media and the scrolling and the going to post, trying to interact with people and everything. It's not like I'll still film or take pictures or edit or whatever. That's that's like fun. I just think it's that I don't have the same energy level every day from any given day, you know, and then on the days where I don't have the same energy I had two days ago, I get mad. But well, it's also a thing like you don't need to do just weekends like you because I could take any day off. Yeah. But that that's something I struggle with is like it feels like it's a Tuesday. Like I gotta be working. I can't I know. Take a and then like I, everybody else in your is life is working. Yeah. And then yeah. you feel like a lazy piece of shit. And you're like, guess I don't have a real job. Yeah. <laughs> it's horrible. It's rough. But like we know our value doesn't come from that. Yeah. But it's hard with like the narrative that has been constantly strewn on people and, you know, whether it's in corporate or regular, it's like, I've done X number of hours per week, or I work 80 hours a Mm -hmm. week or the hustle culture is just like, so drilled that, oh my God, you're doing so much better because you did a 90 hour work week, or Mm -hmm. you're doing so much better, or you made this much money working this much you know, and whatever. And it's, it's something that I think is so perpetuated, like throughout what we do. And it's hard to escape it because it's everywhere, no matter like what industry you're in. Yeah, that's so true. And people are like trying to get better at it. Like, and companies are trying to 
move more forward into like mental health and balance, but it's still at the core. I think it's so forced. It's like ingrained into our self-conscious and our self-esteem. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I've also been someone, (laughs) I don't want to say just, I've never wanted to work hard, (laughs) but like I've, I've kind of always seen of like my entire life. I'm like, damn, like I've never thought work was the point of life. Kind of. I think I've always been really good about that of like, uh, that's why I've always wanted to have my own business and stuff because I never want, like, I always wanted my work to be fun and like life to be fun because maybe that's because I'm depressed a lot. Like I want Mm. to find whatever happiness like I can in any way, but I never, like, I don't, I'm not like, I need to make a million dollars and I need to hustle, hustle, hustle. Like, I'm not that at all. Like, I just want to be happy and make enough money to survive. <laughs> I was that way until I started wanting to be a freaking social media superstar, you know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. didn't, I wasn't like a workaholic or anything. But now that I'm doing what I love to do, my I don't know my self-esteem has gotten really mixed up in it mm-hmm. yeah so uh, it was uh, sorry Brico. Uh, I was gonna say I've like always wanted to work really hard like I I used to carry around like a briefcase at the airport like my dad because I wanted to just be like him and I wanted to be older so cute <laughs> and I was just ready to like be in corporate America and make a lot of money and like climb the ladder. And I thought it was really the only way to make a lot of money. Mm -hmm. And now I'm like, there's a different way to find fulfillment in life and do what I love and have an impact and make a lot of money all at the same time. Mm-hmm. And it's like so freeing because I was under this like demise. Like I even wrote in my journal this past week about last year, a year ago, quitting my job was not even in the picture. It was not even a, a concept. It was not. And I didn't even allow myself to go there. Moving to Denver. That's so crazy. Not even a possibility because I had to work and I was going to keep doing this job and I was going to keep, you know, climbing the ladder, whatever. I remember you saying that, like, even when you were trying, growing your business at the same time, you just were always like, well, I'm still going to be doing this always. Like, that's so crazy. It was not even. Do you think therapy helped with this at all? Yes. I think there's so many different factors. And I actually, I had a conversation with my friend almost a year ago in August. Maybe it was actually a little bit sooner but or a little bit farther away but we had a conversation where and he's somebody I really admire he's like one of my best guy friends and he went into fine he like was an engineer he went into finance he like makes a ton of money like really smart and so I always really valued his opinion about like what I was doing how much money I was making everything mm-hmm. and like I don't know why I guess he's like an older brother or like my brother, twin brother. I don't know. We're the same age. He's like my brother, (laughs) my twin brother, whatever. And, but I've always really valued his opinion. So like what he thought mattered in terms, especially with like how much money I was making or like what type of job I had. Mm -hmm. And he was like, you know, you would be really good at X, Y, and Z. Or like he started talking about like 
other things besides just climbing the ladder and making more money. And I was like, for the first time, somebody that I knew was like, it's okay if you don't continue on the same path and you're still going to like live a good life and you're still going to have fun and everything else. So I don't know. That helps. It's all about like the people that come into your life and open up your eyes to new things. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was like an, it was truly like a, like a chain that was like lifted. Like, oh, you're allowed to like see something differently now. Wow. That's but it amazing. still took more time after the conversation for me to like get and my And then you just it. quit your job. <laughs> <laughs> and then I just quit a day later. <laughs> and you said, peace out. <laughs> oh, I so wish. That's okay. <laughs> I needed, I needed this year. I needed like a full year to like get behind it and like actually do it I definitely could not be that person that was like oh I'm just gonna quit tomorrow bye because you know like you hear those stories of people doing that I could never yeah me either I would (laughs) you talked like a month or two ago Britt about how you were dealing with a lot of anxiety was that over quitting your job yeah there's you guys I'm gonna get so emotional (laughs) Oh, it's okay. (laughs) You don't also have to if you don't want to. Britt just took a shot of tequila. (laughs) (laughs) Probably make me cry more. (laughs) I think like a big piece of like, I guess this is like ingrained in just like who I am as a person of like, I always want to do like a hundred percent or like 110 percent and just like do everything to the fullest and Mm -hmm. by like or like two months ago at least or like three months ago like I wasn't able to give like a hundred percent to either thing anymore because I had like grown Mm -hmm. my business so much and I had like grown like my responsibilities even just like with Rosie and Britt yeah and I wasn't able to give a hundred percent to either thing so there was like so much like guilt tied to both things that I was like it was just constant anxiety of like what I was not doing Mm -hmm. and like how I was not like living up to either expectations Mm -hmm. and then that's only work like then you have your other other aspects of life and it feels yeah intend to all of it and it was just like all over the place and like there was one day actually that I like told you guys I was like I like can't stop crying like I just debilitating anxiety and that was like one of the ways like where Maggie suggested like just drinking like ice cold water Mm -hmm. and so like whenever I'm feeling like super super anxious like water journaling and a walk are like my remedies for like a big thing and some that you have that you discovered that though Mm -hmm. yeah but that's like I think a big thing is like I knew that both of you guys deal with anxiety so I could I felt comfortable being like hey how do I do this? Like, what do I do? <laughs> help me, please help. <laughs> I can't stop. So, yeah. Cause yeah. when you're feeling it, like a, like a panic attack or like really panicky like that, where you feel, oh. it feels like it's never going to end. Like you feel like you're just stuck in it and you're like, Whoa, holy, like, how do I stop feeling this way right now? Yeah. It feels impossible. But yeah, cold water, that's definitely a tip. Your vagus nerve, like putting anything on your vagus nerve, big help yeah. guys. That was really big. Mm, good to know. But 
Yeah, I think that was like a huge piece of it. And it was just like constantly building. And yeah. I never like yeah. the other, and of course, like if we're talking about like different types of anxiety that we experience, like that paralyzing anxiety is horrible because mm-hmm. like you actually can't do anything. And while I was in the midst of like feel and the reason I was like feeling that anxiety was because I wasn't doing enough mm-hmm. and like giving hundred percent. So then I was like having paralyzed anxiety about anxiety and then I couldn't do anything. Exactly. Anxiety makes you feel exactly what you're afraid of feeling uh, like, yes. or you're not doing enough. It's going to make you feel like you can't do anything. Mm-hmm. Like for me, I have illness anxiety. So it's like, am I anxious or am I dying right now? I don't know because my anxiety is acting exactly how I'm afraid that I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what's crazy about it. Is like, I know it's like a monster lying to you. Yeah. That's and like one of the things that's helped me the most is just trying to like identify like the thoughts and feelings as much as possible. Like journaling them out, like labeling them, understanding what they are. And that's where like, I think, probably over the last like 28 years not addressing my feelings and like just burying everything for so long has just built and accumulated so much over time that it's just made it so much harder and it's like just gonna be continuous work in progress but at least it's a little bit better identifying it is the first most important step Mm -hmm. but it is hard to I totally feel the exact same way I think that's where most of my anxiety comes from now is that like paralysis not feeling like I can do everything I'm not good enough at anything what about like your social anxieties like how does that because I think that maybe both like a lot of people probably see both of you and think that you're like so outgoing and social and like have this you know other side of life and they don't realize like the depths of like how paralyzing social anxiety is I feel like I've talked to you guys about this before but like whenever I talk about having social anxiety on Instagram or TikTok I'll get a comment like how do you have anxiety you're posting (laughs) your whole life on the internet and for me it's like about being in a situation where I have no control like if I go to the store by myself and well it's also about judgment but when I don't have control over the situation. So like with social media, I can record myself and edit it. And I am not just, I have full control over how I look or Mm -hmm. the situation. Whereas if I'm going out in public or in a group of people, like I don't have control over that. And so that's why my social anxiety is not social media anxiety. Yeah. (laughs) You know, that's a huge difference that's interesting I feel like for me my anxiety has my social anxiety has never really been with strangers as much which doesn't make any sense it doesn't even make sense to myself yet I don't understand it but like like I used to do drama club I'd like have main parts where I would do like do plays and stuff I felt comfortable like I could go to parties in high school college whatever I could talk to anybody but like I get nervous when somebody I know like a family member or friend is either like watching me talk to a stranger oh god yeah watching videos of me reading anything I wrote like I don't I wouldn't ever let let my parents read any of my papers 
in elementary school, high school, middle school, anything like that, like wouldn't, I don't like when people watch my videos in front of me, like it's highly embarrassing. Mm -hmm. But for some reason, I think making Instagram, like on my original personal Instagram, I would feel so socially uncomfortable to post anything. Like I facetuned all my pictures for so many years. I would like definitely never post a story talking. Absolutely not. Like, no, but for some reason, making a new account and not having people I know follow me made it different. And now I just don't look at who looks at anything. Yeah. Is it like but an acceptance thing? Like fear of not being accepted? That's what I think I don't really know exactly because I've never had anybody like read something I wrote and then been like, that's so horrible <laughs> or anything like that. Like I've never, I like, I, I had acceptance things in high school where people didn't like like me. I had like drama problems with that. So maybe it has to do with that slightly, but I really don't know. It's hard. I don't know. Hmm. But like like Cameron being in a room, even while I'm recording something or something, I'd be like, no, I don't like that. Like, I don't want him to be home when we record podcasts or anything like that. Yeah. That's crazy to me that you can do like drama and like acting in front of people that yeah. is terrifying to me and like I was super nervous before but I think that goes back to nervous versus anxiety like where I'd have I'd yeah. be so nervous but like I would do it and I had so much fun doing it and stuff now the thought of doing that I'd be very terrified uh I think my biggest my worst anxiety that I deal with that is like the debilitating anxiety is like my medical or illness anxiety or hypochondria yeah and I, I think I've always had a little bit of hypochondria, but when it was actually a year before I even had a stroke, ironically, I woke up in the middle of the night choking. Like I had a cold and I think I started choking on mucus or like saliva or something. Uh-huh. And I woke up literally gasping for air. Like I oh, couldn't oh breathe for a few seconds and it was like so scary. And I stupidly Googled why I would wake up unable to breathe and it I read stuff about having a heart condition oh and so I just started spiraling from there thinking that I had something wrong with my heart and that I was gonna have a heart attack and anxiety can so easily feel like a heart attack that yeah. I oh my god it was so bad and it was so bad like I was so anxious every single day that the acid buildup in my stomach was so bad. I had really bad acid reflux. And so my stomach hurt every single day. I would wake up in the morning and mm -hmm. my stomach was hurting. Like it just felt hard. And like, I felt nauseous every single day. That's and exactly it made me so ill for like three months until wow. I finally got a prescription for like Prilosec so that the acid would stop building up in my stomach. And yeah. I got on Prozac and then finally, like it started getting better and I started realizing that it was anxiety. And once I knew it was anxiety, I could be like, okay, I can make this feeling go away. I'm not going to have hard, have a heart attack, but like, so did you go to the doctor to talk about that and mm -hmm. then put you on the medicine? Yeah. So is that kind of when you found out like at the doctor that it, that you're having anxiety about it? Um, I like, I knew it was probably anxiety, but the anxiety in my brain told yeah. me, but it could be a heart attack and you could For wake sure. up in the middle of the night 
with having a heart attack and then die, you know, like that these were my irrational thoughts that were going on in my head. And so like now my most often like really bad anxiety that I get will be if my heart does something weird. Like if my heart flutters or something, I was having this issue last week, actually my heart fluttered, like it felt weird in my chest Mm -hmm. and I had to cough and I, it, just felt like it wasn't beating regularly to me. Yeah. And, and so like, like my shit. brain will just start spiraling. Like I'm mm-hmm. paying attention to every single feeling that is happening in my body. And then it just gets harder to breathe. You know, you start having an anxiety attack and I have to be like, this is just anxiety. I think this is just anxiety. I'm fine. Like, yeah, but, but... that's so scary. And it makes sense why you feel that way. Like when you had that experience that it's going to happen again. Yeah. And the then, doctor like, tell you like certain things to like look out for where you can kind of in your brain distinguish if it actually was something with your heart or no the doctor just said that she thought it was probably anxiety and I was gonna go have a endoscopy endoscopy yeah to look at my stomach but I chickened out because I was afraid to be put on like Yeah, yeah sedated or whatever but luckily the medicine started working and everything. And then a year later I had a stroke and now I have like, it's even, I'm better at coping with my anxiety now, but now there's even more triggers. Like if my hand starts going numb because I was laying weird or whatever, mm-hmm. I'll start panicking that I'm having a stroke because when I had a stroke, my, I got like pins and needles in my hands and feet. That's so scary. That's though. so scary. Especially because yeah. getting like pins and needles can happen so easily. Like yeah, just like I'll just weird be or... weird, like yeah, my arm weird or something, mm-hmm. and it'll start tingling, and I'll like instantly get that feeling of panic, and then like reel it back in because I've gotten better at reeling myself back in. But like, what do ugh. you do to reel yourself back in? Is I just breathe and tell myself that it's just anxiety, and I usually like the best thing I can do is distract myself because then I know. If I'm not thinking about it anymore, either then the feeling's going to subside yeah. or it's not. Yeah. So like I'll get on TikTok and scroll and like distract myself or, you know, talk to somebody. Like I just have to yeah. distract myself really. Yeah. I that would be that. so scary. Yeah. Especially because it it's not like you like haven't experienced anything. Like you've experienced two really big things that obviously impact you a lot yeah like it gives you like you're like your brain has evidence now it's like right I know I know it sucks but yeah it's I can't imagine if I actually do get some kind of illness though like Uh how I'll be able to cope with that you know yeah well let's hope not knock on wood (laughs) (laughs) damn it Finley, it was me. Smart move. <laughs> Finley, you're Finley. so silly. That was me. But like, it's crazy how physically ill anxiety can make you feel, whether it is illness, anxiety or yeah. not. Like the fact that you were always sick. Oh, when I was going through that anxiety phase before I got on medication. Yeah. I literally stayed home from work one day because I had absolutely no energy. I could barely walk down the stairs. And it was all from this stress and anxiety that I was having. That's like, like, that's what makes it so crazy is you feel the physicalness. Yeah. 
it's like as is this anxiety or is it not yeah my health and death anxiety is all about other people it's not myself besides driving because I have really bad driving anxiety right now on freeways Mm, and I guess that would have to do with myself dying but it's also like if I'm driving the dogs then I'm like oh I'm gonna kill the dogs or like then the dogs are gonna not have a mother (laughs) like it's but it's more about other people that I would get worried about interesting yeah like that little that anxiety brain where like if your mom like if my mom or sister doesn't reply to me mm-hmm. soon enough that you start just like spiraling thinking that they exactly. died or I like something. look up car accidents like in the area I'm like I look at the car yes. like if I see a car accident on their streets I like look at what car it was like and text them immediately like yeah just very freaked out about that stuff but my therapist I think that's what I got help with a lot was like because it's same as you said like not having control of a situation Mm -hmm. like anybody can die in your life at any point and like I don't have control over that whatsoever um I think when my brother-in-law died in January 2021 uh I think like that going to therapy after that and dealing with that helped me so much about not having control with those situations because I only ever lost like grandparents before like expected deaths yeah Yeah. um so having a death out of control of me like kind of just made me think of death like differently and um not that I would like be fine if anybody died obviously it would be horrible but like now I know like I can live through it I guess like and it will be okay I was going to say that like the the entire pandemic I feel like there was so much of that like I think just like constant health anxiety of yeah what's true you know getting it and just because I like I think a lot of people probably battled like and myself included like like, oh I'm gonna be fine if I get it and like there's been so many people that recover and then you hear a story about someone I know you're (laughs) like fuck okay maybe I'm not okay I need to like stay in my house and not do anything and then yeah yeah, that's when I got COVID I think the thing that made me so sick was my anxiety because I got it pretty Mm -hmm. early on and I got it July 2020 and I was so terrified of it I thought I was gonna wake up in the middle of the night unable to breathe so like yeah so Devin do you think that like like I feel like medication for me because I was thinking about the timeline and I get I started Lexapro I guess right before we moved so lining up with everything like it definitely really helped me for sure like being on medication and like with panic attacks and just like not feeling the extreme extreme downs um but then I think I also wasn't feeling extreme ups too Mm. on Lexapro like I stopped like like I'm a big crier all the time. Like I watch a happy video of like a dog being mm-hmm. found and stuff. And I like ball my eyes out. I started right before we moved and it helped me a lot to not be like feel as depressed all the time. Um, and then I switched to Wellbutrin, I guess maybe like a year ago or maybe a little bit over that because I thought I had ADD and then I talked to my therapist about that and stuff too. And my doctor said that Wellbutrin could like help with both things at once. So I wanted to try that. And then now I kind of want to get off of it because I feel like it's not really doing much for either, but I also, Mm -hmm. it could be, I don't really know. Um, So I'm possibly going to do that or look into it, but I'm very pro medicine. I think people should 
obviously there's other natural things are great and you should try natural things and stuff but like if you are debilitated and can't function it can be a very great thing yeah I think my Prozac helped me a lot when I was debilitated by my anxiety (laughs) I stopped taking it two Decembers ago okay um and I haven't really noticed a difference like back then it definitely helped me level out and not get as yeah. crazy and not like have things spiral as quickly but then I stopped noticing it really doing anything for me I didn't have like that bad of anxiety anymore like I wasn't having anxiety yeah. attacks so I just stopped I feel like it, it gave me the like ability to then go find a therapist to start exercising to like do other things that helped me like I was unable to get to those like first steps yeah yeah did you both take it every single day or just when you had anxiety attacks it's an everyday thing for yeah those ones and it takes like six weeks to start going in your body so it's a hard thing because like when you're testing out different medications you have to do it for like so many weeks and then you're like do I need a higher dose do I need to try a different medication do I need a lower dose sometimes they make you feel sick yeah mine made me so nauseous that's like the that's the other part that like really makes me I I talked to my doctor about this really makes me want to try and just continue to work on coping mechanisms and therapy first like this mm-hmm. is per- very very personal. Like I want to do that first versus trying to be on medication. But the times where like I can't get it, I can't shake it, and it's like, like an, you in know, the when moment you're like thing. when your like heart is like beating super super fast and you just yeah. like can't get out of it. That's when I wish I had something. But I you need like propranolol. I uh, asked my doctor for that. That's what I told my doctor. I wanted like a in the moment one instead. Mm-hmm. And like, maybe I can, you know, wean off these and do like, use it when I'm in need. Like if that only happens every three months or something, then it's like not something I need to be taking every day, I guess. But yeah, that's a good idea. What do they say? Did they say no? Well, no, this doctor, my doctor, my real one is on maternity leave. So I had to talk to this other girl and she was like, not helpful. And she wanted me to just up my dose of Wellbutrin. And I was like, oh, no, no, that's that's not why I'm here, girly. That's dumb. <laughs> so I've that just does not sound in my current one. <laughs> yeah. I've been, I would just like make you more like, yeah, yeah no, it would make it you more numb. And wanting. yeah, I used to have a prescription for. 0.25 of Xanax and that was my favorite thing like it didn't make me feel high or any type of way it was literally just block that part in my brain that was making me nervous and I would only take it when I was like about to shit my pants anxious, yeah. you know is like, Xanax I a beta cannot... blocker it's uh it just a benzo it? it's a benzo, benzo yeah so what is a beta? Like, aren't those like over the counter? That's what Chloe Kardashian takes. <laughs> propranolol. They all take beta blockers when they I do like interviews. I think that's propranolol, but your doctor has to prescribe it for you. I got oh, a prescription okay. for that because my doctor didn't want me taking Xanax anymore, but I don't oh, okay. like it as it doesn't work as effectively for What me. does it do? Like, I don't understand. People Why take it like for Xanax? blood pressure. Xanax is like really addictive and doctors just don't like prescribing it. 
So the beta blocker just it takes away like your physical symptoms of nervousness, right? Yeah, so I you think just so. Feel less like it lowers your blood pressure and like yeah. your heart rate, so you feel more calm. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, but actors take it for auditions and stuff. Like, yeah, I like that. Yeah, it's, I, it's not like as dangerous as Xanax, so I guess it's easier to get a prescription for that. Yeah, yeah, interesting. I would definitely the one thing I've like because I take Adderall for my ADD mm-hmm. and I think it's so important to like really listen and like have like good dialogue with your doctors yeah. because I when I I got when I first got on Adderall I was on way too high of a dose and I was like do you know what it was like, I think it was like milligrams? 20 milligrams of XR and it was way too high for me because I was like clenching my jaw all the time. I was like really, really tense. I wasn't eating and I just felt like buzzy mm-hmm. and like, you're not, you know, like on Adderall, you're not supposed to like feel anything. It's just supposed to like yeah. help you do your work and job. Yeah. So then I like went down. I don't know what I went down to initially, but, um, then I I've been way more like even keeled so I really don't feel like I notice it when like because sometimes um I try and go without it but there are some times where I just like really need it yeah um yeah especially during the work day yeah I wanted it but I don't I don't know I need to go to the doctor and see that's another thing is like I was talking to people about and my therapist and everything is like there's so many things that are all closely related like I yeah, thought OCD. I was like, do I have OCD, anxiety, like ADD, like PMDD, autism, like they're all so freaking related. It's like, what yeah. do you have and what do you not have? And my therapist basically told me like, it doesn't fully matter, even a diagnosis, like it's literally for your insurance purposes. And if anything, it'll just make your insurance go up. So it's like. And a lot of these drugs are used for all of those different things that you just described yeah. so obviously it's a similar thing going on in your brain or that's with so the chemicals true. in your brain yeah the neurochemistry that's very yeah true. um Britt you should train Rosie to like do stuff in the moment oh yeah like, do you I want do to really talk want about to. your service yeah yeah stuff? I would love to hear more about to it talk from- about um no I think I'll just like be like uh, just straight up (laughs) or whatever like um I so when we got Finley I like wanted him so that was like the same time so I went through this like crazy depression and everything I started on Lexapro then we moved and we got Finley two months after we moved so like I knew that I wanted him to start helping me and stuff and I started looking up like ways to train for anxiety and the different ways that I could teach him to sense it on me. And there's like, you can do spit training and things like that, where like, while I'm having a panic attack, I can spit and teach him the levels of my hormones when he smells the spit and sweat. Basically you can, you can take like your shirts if you like sweat at night or things like that and have them smell it. And they can smell like the cortisol in your hormones. Um, but literally, like, I didn't have to do that. Like, I don't know where it, he's just like my perfect dog. <laughs> he like immediately, like first days that he came home, he just is very sensitive. Like he just knows me extremely well. I didn't have to do that once. I would just reward him for when he like came to me and 
anytime I was anxious, then I'd give him treats or just extra love or anything. And I think it like just cemented in his head like that. That's what he was supposed to do. Mm -hmm. So like literally by the time he was four months old, he would alert me like almost probably 85% of the time when I was feeling anxious. And now it's just like, he surprises me every single time. Like I'll be like just doing something on a computer and start stressing out. And I don't even realize that I'm stressing out. And like, he'll just come from literally the other room. Like he's not even in the room and he'll come and start jumping on my lap or whatever. So that really helps me and has lowered my panic attacks so freaking like I probably had them once a week and now I have them like maybe every four months every five months something like that like because he just it stops it before it happens because then he's like on me and I'm petting him and I'm like okay it like grounds you in the moment of yep where I'm able to tell myself like oh this is just anxiety more now and like the scratching myself or digging my nails into me like I'm not gonna do that to him obviously so like it helps me to focus on that and be like just be able to pet him or whatever um but it's like so freaking amazing all the things that you can teach them. Yeah. Yeah. That's I just, like I think that Rosie has like two really natural behaviors that I think or three really natural behaviors that I think would like really help where she like uses her nose a lot like if she wants yeah. some, like she like can nudge really like aggressively. <laughs> um and she also is like good about like doing like she just like comes on your chest and like just loves on you yeah and then also just like I don't know she's a very affectionate dog so I think that it would honestly be pretty easy and I'm sure there's sometimes where she like knows that something's going on and she just does it without me even like knowing or like connecting it yeah so but I feel like at this point since she's a little bit older it might be helpful to like work with a trainer to like help figure yeah there's so many trainers that can help you like do that if you wanted to take the route of spit and like cortisol levels and everything but I also tell people like you can make it much more casual in a sense and teach it to them as if you would teach them to lay down or something like and like because Sadie's not really receptive of my feelings like she doesn't know but like she can do DPT on me when I like tell her as a command like because she knows lay down and stuff like you just put a word to it and use a treat to lure like just how you would teach down it's just different because like you have to say in the moment the command or that you need the help or whatever it's not just like them doing it on their own but it literally helps the exact same I like that yeah I always tell people to do that I was just telling my friend who was visiting this week who has celiac like there's literally dogs like they can sniff freaking gluten in food and tell you if there's gluten in it like they can smell if your blood sugar is dropping or rising for diabetes. I think that's crazy. It's so crazy. Could you imagine smelling that well? <laughs> like, no. I can't even picture it. They probably smell so it's... many bad smells. Oh, yeah. It must be so hard when we're cooking something, too. Like, <laughs> yeah, it makes so sense. Yeah. It makes sense why Finn steals everything. He's like, yo, it's like, really cool. Smell that? But like, I wanted to talk about how, uh, yeah, like the separation anxiety and stuff, but I don't want to. Oh, like separation from the dog, like the dogs. Yeah. I feel like how once I got a dog, like I don't want to travel as much because I feel guilty leaving her, but it also stresses me out bringing her and like even just going to a concert or something at night. I feel, or not even at night, like going out to dinner or going 
just leaving anywhere, leaving the house for more than an hour. Uh I feel so guilty. I wonder if that's a thing that just stays like forever. Cause I feel like that's also probably a thing with human children. Yeah. Oh my God. I can't even imagine when I have kids, how am I going to do anything? Oh, I I think about that all the time. I'm I'll just combust. (laughs) I think also maybe when you get a second dog, that might help. Cause I feel at least like a little bit better when I know that they're hanging out together. Like even, I still I feel that. Willow I still feel that. Wants to hang out with any other dog. <laughs> Probably not. Like she just wants to be with me. Like when I I'll travel with my cousin that I'm going to visit in Colorado. Shout out to Paige. But um, and me. Shout out. <laughs> in for it. I'm going to see you too. But um, when I I bring Willow whenever I go and stay with my cousin, and my cousin has a dog too, and so. I get even, I am, I'm more anxious about them being together when I leave, because I'm like, what if they get into a fight? What if Willow gets oh. mad about something? And also she still cries just as much when I leave her, even though Rora's there with her, like she doesn't care. Mm. Do you crate her? Dog. No, but I want to start. And that's why I want a fable pets. Crate <laughs> because it's cute. It will cute, look cute in my house. And I think that will help my anxiety a lot because yeah. I Rosie get anxious. Gets- the worst anxiety when like we shut the door and we leave and she's not Mm -hmm. in her crate Uh horrible yeah I hate her life but she's in her crate silent happy as a clam just loves life but like we cannot leave her inside like we're like oh you know our thought was eventually we would leave her out of the crate I don't think we'll ever leave her outside the crate because she's so unhappy Mm-hmm. yeah that's how ours are if they're out of our room like we I just use our room now I guess as like oh, okay the crate <laughs> slightly bigger but yeah we close the door always so they just like have our bed and a little chair and they stay on that the whole time and I think that that helps a little does she like run around the house and stuff and willow like, yeah like is she like freaking uh, out anxious or does she just chill she like, on the cr- like howls and cries and then she usually just lays by the door until I get home. Sometimes so she hangs sad. out on the couch, but I'd be definitely sad if like I checked the cameras and they were crying or howling. Like, yeah. And then it's hard whenever I travel, if we get like an Airbnb or even a hotel that like allows you to leave your dog, I can't leave yeah. her because she's so loud crying and barking. Oh, Finn gets really anxious at hotels. I got a white noise machine to bring with mm-hmm. us every time. That helps a little oh. bit. Because he hates if he hears a sound outside at oh, all. Yeah. Like he's like, what is that? Yeah. I said that I don't know. We should do like a traveling with our dog episode. Oh yeah, yeah we definitely should. I haven't decided what? if I'm gonna bring Willow to Colorado yet either. Oh, you no. haven't? Mm-mm. I feel like it'd just be, be too much anxiety for me to deal with her there. I feel that. I just and leaving to- her places. Oh, Colorado is so dog friendly, though. Yeah, I feel like there's not very many places where like you couldn't take her. Mm. Okay. Yeah, and like I might have lunch or something with my manager too there, and I like she would want to meet Willow. I don't know. I yeah. can decide. I feel like you should. I don't know. Unless she'd be happier. If you'd both be less stressed, then don't bring her. <laughs> yeah. I just, we're going to Disneyland with my family at the end of the month. And Mm -hmm. normally like we have friends watch them, but it's just a thing. Like I feel so comfortable when our friends watch them because one, they have Finley's brother. So it's like, they have two Aussies and they completely understand. 
and they understand Finley's crazy antics. Um, <laughs> but it's like a thing where, you know, like, if we go out of town like five times a year or however often, I just don't want it to be a thing where they have to watch them every single time. Like, I'd mm-hmm. like to find someone that I just feel comfortable with. Um, so I found this like our trainer recommended like an actual boarding place. So I signed them up for there for Disneyland and we're going to go tour it on Thursday. So hopefully we like it and stuff, but I'm so scared to leave them at a boarding place. Like, yeah, I'm freaking out. I'm scared to leave with anyone. I, um, Tiffany from loons and rogues on Instagram. She uses this trainer that does like training and boarding, but it's like one person and she like, I think she keeps them at their house. I still have to ask the questions, but when she shared that, I was like, hell yeah, I'm all in because I hate the idea of like all the dogs running around together and like playing and Rosie doesn't like every single dog and, Mm -hmm. or if someone's um, watching them at their house, then I worry, are you going to leave the house? Like if they go on a walk, they're going to get hit by a car. They're going to let go of the leash on accident. Are you going to leave grapes out? Oh my, yes. (laughs) like yeah. the poisonous food like <laughs> oh my god every single detail so that's why a boarding place maybe makes me feel a little bit better because then I'm like at least they would stay there and yeah. like yeah. I don't know I'm very stressed about it I feel I've just yeah I could go down a rabbit hole with like stories but um I I'm really excited to like meet both these people that she uses and yeah I think definitely like having training involved it shows yeah well, one that they know it's dogs. like this it's like the structure I guess it I, I have to look up the name I think it's like called structured boarding or something like that and I'm very excited to meet them and they're in Colorado and yeah and I think that they might even like do training too so like if once I meet them and like vibe with them and I might just have them like help train Rosie too yeah that'd be awesome that's good yeah but it's terrifying yeah trying to find somebody that you trust yeah and I don't I don't know how you overcome that like <laughs> I don't I you gotta think you let go distract a yourself uh-huh. I guess so but like how do you let go of your babies it's like that type of I don't know if it's a type of therapy but how exposure therapy or something like yes. you have to give yourself evidence that it's going to be okay do it a little bit yes. and then you know just baby steps and Okay, so that goes back to the the last thing I'm gonna say. That goes back to the whole discomfort thing and not feeling okay in discomfort. Like it's all about my anxiety. And then Cameron and I went to a couples therapist twice, um, just before like to like premarital counseling type of thing. Mm-hmm. And like that was a huge thing. Is like I in fights or in anything. Like I just hate feeling any sort of discomfort. So like, that's a huge thing she said is like exposure of it and doing tiny little things that make me feel uncomfortable and like leaving them with other people. If that makes me feel a little comfortable driving on the freeway for five minutes, anything like that, that makes me feel uncomfortable can help you in all situations to allow yourself to feel that discomfort. So I'm like really trying to do that more, but it's just crazy how all the anxieties like connect. Yeah, I know. I feel like being an adult is even harder with that because you could be like, I don't want to feel uncomfortable. I'm going to make my own decisions and say, fuck that. Exactly. Get rid of the discomfort. Because that's what I think growing up, I didn't fully realize my anxiety because, you know, you just have to go do the things you have to do. And 
afterwards, like after college or in college, you'd be like, oh, I don't feel like doing that. That's fine. Yeah, I don't like do I'm that. not gonna oh, deal with it. So true. I'll deal yeah. with it later. Totally. That's probably why my social anxiety has just gotten a little worse. Because like, first of all, I'm not having to go to school and stuff every single day and be around people. And I'm able to decide not to do those things that make me uncomfortable. So I just don't. That is so true. Yeah. All of the activities of school Mm -hmm. really force you to. And then I get so mad at my parents when they like try to make me do all of it. And I'm like, okay, I understand. (laughs) Do we have any peaks or pits anybody wants to share? I do not. I'm trying to think. I feel like I don't. I really have any work things going on right now. I feel like I'm this week. I'm very excited to like get back into work. I feel like summer's ending. That's yes. kind of my peak. Good or it's a, my pit that no, I don't want summer to end. I do. Why? I have all the pumpkins in my house. I have the pumpkin <laughs> candles. You're like, it's 120 degrees. I'm so ready for fall. <laughs> I'm not, but I, it's my pit that summer is ending and it's my peak that I'm excited to get back to work and I think just moving to Colorado finally yeah I mean that's a huge one first day of being a full-time entrepreneur that's very exciting how How, do you feel how has it been routines are going and all that like your routine this morning was good I again this is like the whole this is like a very good thing maybe this is a good thing for other people to try too journaling is like one of those things where it's like sometimes uncomfortable to like address my feelings and my emotions Mm -hmm. so I just like sat down outside with the little fountain in the back Mm -hmm. and had my morning coffee and journaled wow so Um, nice yeah and it was funny the biggest thing I like journaled actually a lot about this this morning about what productivity means and like it does not mean fulfillment and really because like the first thing I got up this morning I was like oh I have all of these things to do I had like this whole like running list. And I was like, I'm not going to look at my phone. I'm not going to think about doing these things. I'm just going to journal and like write out my feelings and like what I'm thinking about. And so I feel like that was a really good thing for me to just like get out there as like first day of the job. Like that's amazing. my, my like level of productivity is not going to mean like shit about me. And but this is obviously like in, in my journaling, I was like, this is going to be like an ongoing thing that I have to keep working through. But, yeah, of course, but still good. Um, but I think it was a good like start to it that like, I want to work on being fulfilled in life. And that doesn't start with like what I'm doing or not doing on a daily basis. Yeah, that's so true. I'm and so I got curious. To my list. Yeah, I'm so curious to see like like, cause if I do that, like, I'm like, okay, I'm going to have a slow morning. Then I'm like, okay, I need to work till 7 PM. <laughs> you know, like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm curious to see how your routines are going to go. And if you're going to be like, turn into working till 10 PM every night yeah. or not. That's like, I think there's like a, the boundaries of that, that I'm going to really try and set. And do I you also think you'll like have it's... a set time or like a set amount of things per day you're going to try to do, or like I think I'm going to have like working hours that I try and stick to Okay. more than trying to get a certain number of things done because I generally like working. So I think that like having like normal working hours and just being able to get what I need to get done during those hours will be good. Yeah. Um, That's basically, I think that like having, having Joe also doing the same thing with me 
I think that'll actually. I don't think you've said that on the podcast at all. Oh yeah, Joe's like my COO, creative director. Very excited for my business. Biz, biz, whatever. Um, yeah, (laughs) my empire. (laughs) Um, yeah. So, um, lots of learnings with that though. Like, let me tell you. Oh, I'm sure there's. I need to reel it in. (laughs) We should do an episode on that. Yeah. Um maybe give it more time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we can give it some more time. You're kind of inspiring me to get back into my morning routines. Yeah. Same. They've but just slipped. I think the biggest thing is that like I obviously see you know, you see all the people's morning routines all the time online. Yeah. And I like couldn't get behind it until I like made a decision to figure out like what worked for me yeah. personally and like not trying to like do like there's so many things that I try and I try to do because of other I saw other yeah people you're like them. I gotta so, like, work out I gotta journal I gotta read yeah. for 30 minutes I gotta, gotta so, make like, a matcha outside. I tried it I try it on for like size and if I like it I keep it and if I don't like yeah. it I'm like fuck that my thing is like I'm most productive in the mornings I think so when I try to do those like long freaking morning routines then it's like 11 30 and then I'm like okay I'm done for like I don't feel productive at all now so yeah. I've realized that I need to like start like I start working probably like 7 30 a.m or 8 but then like I take a break at like 10 10 30 and then I go do a walk workout whatever those things are yeah, yeah. I like that I definitely like working in the morning too so that's why I think sometimes like my initial reaction is to get up and go and start doing yeah. something. But again, I think I think you mentioned this. I spent the last six years getting up at like between five and six in the morning, jumping out of bed, taking Adderall, drinking like espresso, and going to work and being on like yeah. you can doing slow. my job in the hospital. And I think like having that automatic like jolt to my system and like starting my nervous system that way every day really messed me up and so like I'm trying to rewind and rewire that to be yeah it turns on your start slow fight yeah in the morning for like six years just fight or fight first thing in the morning like that's crazy yeah so I love a slow morning slow just ease into it and then allow myself to get a little bit a little bit excited negotiating just a little bit <laughs> that's nice yeah but yeah that's my peak i don't really that's it my shower's done if anyone's oh, wondering oh! i i want to see that so cute i'll post it on instagram i saw like did you take a bath a little no, um it's too hot hostess thing yeah I, was really I was like i want one of those in my shower yeah, i actually saw someone cute. doing a ledge like a full ledge of that instead of like a little box and I was like that's mm-hmm. a game changer I kind of want to oh, think I'm so gonna much. get those little acrylic shelves and hang them in my shower to yeah put my cute. skincare in I like that cute yeah, it's gonna be I like my to show for skincare stuff oh my god that's gonna be adorable I cannot wait to show you guys my skincare shelf Oh, I can't yeah. wait like, to see. It's beautiful. I mean, my whole bathroom's a disaster. You better do a video. Here. Here. Are you going to post like a house tour? I haven't decided. I'm like very sketched out by like full house tours because I'm like, I don't need anybody to see my layout. 
but I feel that mm-hmm. I did I did a house tour, but I did like each individual like room kind of so I feel like it didn't show the yeah. full layout but props did that's smart why because people yeah. can figure out where you live if they know the layout of your house I guess so. or yeah. they know like they can figure your out bedrooms right you. there and then they know where the do- back door is and all that shit I don't know. But I'm definitely stressful. gonna do like room by room stuff, like as I'm tackling yeah, yeah, yeah. different rooms, or maybe I'll do like a vision, like a like okay, here's what I'm thinking for this. Get people's opinions. I'm very excited to see all I'm of that. So excited for like the renovation process. So fun. Is yeah. there like a lot of renovation that you guys are gonna be doing? Yeah, there's like a lot, but there's not a lot. It's mostly like facelifts for most of the rooms, mm-hmm. but. Are you going to try rooms. to do it slowly, like one room at a time type of thing? Or yes. like knock it all out? I really, I would love to just knock it out, but I know. Um, I'm also trying to like rein it in and yeah. like, I've done stuff before where I just kind of like do it and I just buy it all. And then like, okay, this time I want to like, I want to budget for it. I want to plan it, have a process for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and That's my dad it. does a lot of renovations. And so his biggest advice on two things I've done are like don't like stress over how long it takes for like a single project to get done and he's like it's a marathon not a sprint yeah not a sprint I was like okay yeah prepare for that mentally prepare for that and if it's done like sooner than anticipated great but I think the big my my most exciting thing that we're gonna do is the kitchen Ooh, yeah fun so exciting really really excited about that I feel like your backyard always already looks great, right? You don't really have to do. Yeah, I'm like very happy with it. We we got some furniture for the backyard, so I'm excited to like get that set up. It's very exciting. Yeah, I'm excited about everything. Yeah, Devin, I was just looking at your shower, like just like just it being freshly clean. You know, like it's just brand new. I don't like I hate cleaning a bathroom. So oh like my I god yes cleaning the shower and just the fact that yours has like never been touched I was like yeah like no shampoo residue purple oh shampoo oh my god I know <laughs> I hate that it's so it's so hard to get off it really is I hate cleaning bathrooms it's my least favorite. I think I really want to like hire a cleaner at least oh, once I do too. oh my god or every for the bathrooms week. yeah yeah Have I want like ever- a deep cleaner have you ever done gotten a cleaner for like your whole house? I have. I haven't. My family used to like when I was growing up. It's like I had to for my um when I sold my condo, and the biggest thing that I realized like we you know if you're cleaning by yourself you're kind of doing like room by room or like all the bathrooms or the kitchen or something. It makes such a difference to have your whole house squeaky clean mm-hmm. on the same day. And you're like, oh my God, like, I don't want to touch anything. I, yeah. Um, That's why I feel like, like I want someone like once a month or something to do like the deep cleaning. And then like, I could do like the upkeep. Yeah. Like, I was having mine come every other week and it kind of, because they were doing the upkeep so well, it kind of felt like they weren't doing anything <laughs> because it was always <laughs> clean, <laughs> but then I stopped having them come and then it like, just you're like oh, yeah, so bad again doing it's a lot like, oh crap yeah could you do like someone again could you do like every other week and then like so like month one you do every other week and then month two you just do once a month and then like month three you do oh, every other week 
Do you know what I'm I saying? I would love to do yeah. like every three weeks, like not once a month. That's probably like, smarter. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that's because every other week it's like, okay, I could have done that. But yeah. That was some intense scheduling. <laughs> really complex schedule. What Devin does it's so much easier. Well, thank you for like helping me sort that out for myself. No problem. <laughs> <Somebody>. <laughs> Uh, I like to overcomplicate things sometimes. That's why we love you. <laughs> That's why I'm so glad we're friends. <laughs> we always <laughs> wrap it up perfectly. <laughs> Beautiful. I don't know if that really made any sense, but you know, it, you're welcome. It worked well <laughs> enough. Okay. Thank you guys so much for listening. Please leave us a review, rate us, subscribe on YouTube to our YouTube channel, please. We would love if you subscribed, like our videos. Um, yeah, leave us a review and rate us wherever you listen. Apple, Spotify, Google, wherever. We love you. Follow See us. You next Tuesday. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I forgot. I want to listen to that part. <laughs> we'll talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.